Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. It's been less than 24 hours since our last one <laughs> after the Tour de France all finished. And this is our Men's World Championships Road Race Preview. Now, you might be wondering why we're doing a separate men's preview. Well, the because of the World Championships being before Love Welter, rather than being in September, they're in the start of August, the scheduling is all, it's got me all confused. So I'll, I'll illuminate myself and you whilst I and read out what the plan is. So the men's road race is this Sunday, the 6th of August, and the men's junior and women's juniors is the day before. The TTs are during the week. The women's TT is on the 10th, which is a Wednesday, I think, and then the yeah. men's TT is on the Thursday. So they're not on the same day anymore. They're on separate days during next week, so 10 days from now, 11 days from now. And then the women's road race, elite road race, is Sunday week, nearly two weeks from now, on the 13th. And this is because I presume they're staggering the women's so it doesn't finish so close after the Tour de France fam of Zwift. Plus also, what's this Super World Champ stuff, Benji? So basically, you've got multiple disciplines there. Road cycling is the superior, the one that matters in our heart, but yeah, next to that mountain bike... <laughs> Next to that, mountain bike supposedly exists. Track is something that supposedly exists. Never heard of it. But those other disciplines are also done in the Super Bowl Championships. And in other years, that was a separate event in the year. So Glasgow wanted to organize it all at once. And they're doing that in the next couple of weeks. The next, I think, I think 13 days from the 3rd of August, if I recall correctly. So it's going to be a, a banger of a, a two weeks when it comes to cycling. So that should be fun for us. But it's also a bit confusing that the women's road race is a week later, like you said, than the men's road race and so forth, but we'll make our way through. We'll manage. And the thing with this race as well is it's kind of a, a memory for me to the European championships of 2018. We'll yeah. go into that a bit more once we take a look at the parkour, but how about we uh, discuss the 2022 edition for a second here, the, the one in your home place. Well, well I don't, Australia. I'm not from Wollongong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I look back at it. I got to say, it pains me to say it wasn't the most memorable world championships, if we're frank. Like, yeah. Remco soloed away, the parkour was in a suburban Wollongong suburb, and the, the main defining climb was just a random 1K episode. Like, it wasn't it wasn't the Quarmont, was it? <laughs> um, so It was pretty pleasant, though. For for Belgian fans, sure, yeah. You, you basically... You've not vindicated, avenged, or Sven van Thorenhout was able to after the the Lurven shambles, uh, they got Remco the W. So yeah, Remco won the men's road race. We'll talk about what happened in the women's road race before the women's road race. Um preview the TT Foss one. Yeah, it's a bit strange. The jet lag, all that stuff. So the jet lag and um shouldn't really be a factor, I think. Although I know Jorgensen's gone back to Idaho and I think he's on the start list for Sunday, so he's doing a lot of travel. <laughs> um but yeah it's Oh, yeah, and the, the hotel incident. That was kind of the most memorable thing, right? I sincerely hope that Vanderpool is sleeping on a separate hotel room floor this time around. Yes, I, I stole that that joke from my wife who made it earlier today. But 
anyway, when it comes to this uh this whole talent. <laughs> News incident. breaking out. <laughs> Matthew Van Der Poel walking back. He's gone for a cheeky Nando's. He's not in his hotel room. He's gone out of his hotel room. Big mistake. He's gone to get a cheeky Nando's at 11 o'clock. He looks around. He sees a guy. And he's just saying, choose life. Choose a job. Choose a career. There are no reasons. Fuck the skag. No heroin. That's uh, oh, He just Christ. sees Jude. That's not Jude Law, but he sees Jude Law, sees Jude Law from train spotting, just bearing down upon him. And he fights him off, but he gets arrested again. Um... <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. No, in all seriousness, do you reckon a serious <laughs> conversation has been had between Van der Poel, his partner, the Dutch Federation, and maybe even the Rudhofs about sleeping arrangements and avoiding that situation again this year? I think so. I also think <laughs> that Jude Law is not necessarily a child, so it wouldn't look as bad to the public. <laughs> if, he beat, if, he, if he bashed a junkie. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna skip this conversation. I think we're going off the rails. <laughs> Listen, no, transporting is actually set in Edinburgh, to be clear, but I think it was mainly filmed in Glasgow. But anyway, Wait, this race starts in Edinburgh. Oh, fuck, it does. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but the city circuit does that mean they're staying in Edinburgh? Because the I don't but know, they'd be doing the recon of the city circuit in, in Glasgow, anyway, <laughs> the parkour. <laughs> We've done a nice preview for the poor city. As Benji <laughs> said, it's um, it, it, this is the side of the 2018 uh, European Championships, which Trentin won 271 kilometers long with LFR says 2,800 meters altitude gain. But maybe the official profile says a little bit more, 3,500. I don't know who to believe. Um, and there's a 120Ks three-hour run-in where there are two climbs, Crow Road, so they go from Edinburgh where they start go north and cross over um, the Queen's Ferry Crossing or near there, and then they do, yeah, two climbs, but I don't think the climbs will be decisive. The break will still be formed. There's like four hours left in the race. Mm -hmm. This city circuit, Benji, it is really hard. I think, I think this is a really attritional circuit. I think so as well, and even like the kilometers that come beforehand, it's not the craziest first 120 kilometers, but that climb in there, the Crow Road climb, bit of attrition for riders and it might offer an opportunity for a break to form or is it, if a break already has formed that might still be an, an, op an option for people to anticipate the circuit that comes after that climb and you said it nine and a half laps of the circuit it's technical it's punchy and we'll go into how technical and punchy it is in a second but it's also i think very tactical as in it wouldn't surprise me if this world championships is won by group dynamics as in, a group goes ahead with five or six countries that are happy that they've got a rider in it. And then the other teams, maybe a, maybe a Britain isn't in there, for example. And they have to chase the entire time and they don't make it. And then the first group can fight for the victory. If, if like, a, like a situation like last year in, in Wollongong is similar to that. And I feel like that's a, a very solid option here. But anyway, how punchy and how circuit, uh, no, how punchy and how technical is this circuit? Oh, the it's just corner after corner after corner after corner. And just in each lap, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven at least punchy climbs, all about 30 to one minute, 30 seconds to one minute long. You know, they're about 500, uh, 5% to 6%. The Montrose Street climbs 200 meters, 6%. That's a shorter one. It's just hard. And, you know, 272 kilometers long, those climbs are going to feel a lot longer when you're into the eighth and ninth lap 
and you've got people attacking all over the place, you've got no teammates, it's, yeah, I think it's actually this sawtooth circuit with the, all the corners, it's going to be difficult to control. If there's rain, and I'm looking at the long-range weather forecast from the Met office, uh, which did, I think, correctly predict thanks for the rain in Manchester last week. Boyo's ashes retained. See you later. Um, <laughs> it did predict. It's predicting 40% chance of rain on Sunday. Cool temperatures, 17 degrees at, at 1 o'clock, 16 degrees at 4 o'clock. Uh, but yeah, 40% chance of showers. So if it does rain, it makes it even more chaotic. And just, yeah, like... Nine laps of this circuit, and as I said, you know, you think, oh, it doesn't look that hard. It's just going to be, it could just be a sprint. I don't see it. Um, but that's also defined by how teams ride the race um, yeah. uh, as well. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it could have some lots of exciting racing. It could, if it rains, Benji, be a bit too much carnage and a bit too much of a luck factor. Yeah. In, in a city circuit like that, the Slovene, what did the Slovenians say when they did a recon? I don't know, man. I think I they said Slovenian. some of the some of the roads are really bad. But to be honest, I don't. I think they meant that in the north when they're doing the when they're coming from Edinburgh. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's not ideal, but also, it's. I don't think that really. I don't think yeah. the race is going to be decided from Edinburgh to Crow Road. To be honest, yeah. they're going to be riding it like. Uh, yeah, the roads might be bad, but you'll have time to change your bike. Certainly, you said it like it's not going to be decided in the first phase. It's going to be breakaway formation phase. Some riders trying to get in a breakaway. Then maybe on Crow Road, you will see some kind of action of someone trying to anticipate what comes afterwards. But I would expect all the, the majority of the action to come on the, on the actual circuit. And the decisive moves will be on the circuit as well. Maybe with like 50 kilometers to go, roughly. That's what we saw in the 2018 European World Champ. No. European Championships. In that race, we saw a group form with Trentin, much of Under Poel, Von Aert, and seven other riders, including the likes of Nico Denz and so forth, heading the road with 48-ish kilometers to go on this circuit. So it might be a slightly different circuit, but it's definitely a similar type of circuit, you know, in Glasgow. So that that does show that a group ahead has a solid chance of making it in this race if the majority of big countries behind are happy with who's in that group ahead. So I'm looking forward to that. You said it when we looked at uh, the actual corners in the parkour, roughly 15 corners of which 90% is probably technical. So that's, yeah. that's really rough. And when I then think what riders fit this parkour, I kind of feel like it fits the, the riders, the, the real racers, the classics riders, maybe even the cyclocross riders with the amount of punchy, repetitive punchiness that they need to do and getting out of corners, speeding up again, stuff like that. It really, it's basically a, a big CX parkour to me. I know, Without a technical mind. city circuit like that, and then you add in rain, and like Vanderpool, like if you remember, okay, it's not Roubaix with the cobbles, but if you remember the wet Roubaix, yeah. Vanderpool was taking like a second per corner on people. Yeah. He's like so good in the wet conditions, and I think in a technical city circuit, like Luke will know, because it's like one of the biggest Dutch races, when he won Limburg in, <laughs> is that a Dutch race? <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. Two, Okay. Um, in like 2016, man, he's just so good on these sort of circuits. And um, we'll have to get Luke's tactics also. He'll put it in the chat for us of what, if he's the Netherlands coach, how they should ride uh, and who he's picking. Because, uh, yeah, he's their DS for a day. But the betting odds, Benji. This yes. is what the bookies are saying. Wafanat, the favorite, narrowly, uh, ahead of Avonapool, not much in it, basically equal favorites with 
the three favourites essentially, yeah, Van Aert, Evenepoel, Va uh, and Van der Poel, $6.57 and $7 respectively, not much splitting between them. Obviously two Belgians, one Dutchman. Then Philipsen, the third Belgian, is fourth favourite on $9. Then Pedersen, $9. He's shortened since his week three. Yeah. Pogaccia, not confirmed to be starting, but I reckon he will, especially if there's rain about. $11. Laporte, uh, seventh. $21. Asgren, after the beautiful third week of the tour, is into the top 10 favourites on 23. Koi, another Dutch rider. Uh, we haven't got to Van Bali yet. We know. He's uh, on $34. Alaphilippe, $41. Healy, $41. Ghana, $41. Don't see that <laughs> uh, <laughs> at all. Van Baal, I guess he was he was pretty good in Wallonie. I must yeah, take but that. Maybe that's that. Yeah. His focus might be on the track and not necessarily on the road race. And that is something we need to keep in mind with some of these riders who will be riding the mountain bike, maybe, who will be riding the road race. I don't yeah. know if Vanderpool is riding the mountain bike. I would guess he has. But for example... I think so, yeah. I think Pitcock is riding mountain bike and is not showing up here, if I recall correctly. Yeah, and and his teammate Van der Poel van Baal is there on $41. They're really the, the everyone below 50. And as you mentioned, Benji, yeah, Pitcock. Where would he be in these odds? In good shape? I dare say in the top five favorites. It's actually, I mean, we'll speak about the British team, but maybe it's the scheduling, the way the mountain bike is, I think, before the men's road? No, mountain bike's after the men's road race. So... If the men's road race was the final denouement of the Super World Championships and he could do his mountain bike first and then do the men's road race, yeah, I think he'd do the road race. But um, it is very surprising to me, and it's Ineos' decision, and they, they don't just pay their riders for road performance, that's clear. Uh, the sponsors don't either. But it's very surprising to me we have a 15 corner per lap, 50 corner per lap, technical city circuit with punchy climbs in Britain. And he's on Ineos and he's not doing it. Um, yeah. Actually, very surprised by it. Would he be the favorite? No, but I mean, he beat Van Aert in Amstel and Brabant. So, like, he's, he was pretty good in the, world, in the Tour de France before he ran out, ran out of gas. Um, obviously, the mountain bike is, is higher priority than the road race. Also, he has a much higher percentage chance of winning the mountain bike. Yeah. You know, okay, he has what, 5% to 10% chance to win the road race? It's probably, what, 50% in the mountain bike. I don't know. Um, still surprising to me and probably disappointing for British fans. I think so as well. Now, there's a lot of good riders still on the list. You named a lot of them. And if we take a look at the start list for a second, because you mentioned Belgium as a first, second, and fourth favorite with the riders they have. And they've got a, a team at the start with the following riders. You said them, Remco Evenepoel, Van Aert, and Philipsen as the three leaders. But next to that, they have Tijbenot, who was arguably pretty strong in the in the second and third week at the Tour de France, towards the end of the race, he really was coming through a bit more than in the first week, because I, I recall he was ill or something in the first week. Nathan van Hooydonk, who was fucking strong for the last two weeks, <laughs> as well as San Sebastian. Then Jasper Stuyven, who will be in a domestique role this time, is how it was said on the, uh, the press conference. Then Yves Lampard, Frederic Frison, and Victor Campenarts, two riders from Lotto, which I actually like, because Campenarts was on point at... So the France and Frison is kind of like he's really delivered throughout the year, and he's gonna be that Declerc role in my head. What do you think? Yeah, he's better than Declerc this year. That's clear. Like fourth in Brugge de Pana, fourth in Genwevelhem. You know, you don't get those results by luck. So yep. he's been very, very strong. And also, you got to remember, Genwevelhem's two hundred and sixty-one kilometers long. Like it's that's actually a long race, monument level 
length race that was also in dog shit conditions um from memory so yep. if it's raining on the weekend i think frison will be that's the sort of guy you want to do the dirty work not saying de clerc couldn't do it but frison probably deserves that um and how old is he 31 he's just improving you know he's just improving yep. with age anyway um no delay benji is that a case of just why would you take a rider who's a worse not saying he's a bad rider, but a worse <laughs> version of Philipson right now? I think it's a combination of that, plus not wanting too many cooks in the kitchen, plus next to that, the factor that you had his injury running into the, yeah. the Belgian Championships. He fell pretty hard in the run up to that. Eventually, he, he arrived at the Belgian Championships. He rode Wallonia, I think, where he was, uh, I think he won one stage, but he wasn't super impressive the Louis saw in February, for example, yet. So I think he's just not on the level yet from the return of his injury in the first place. And then I think it's logical. In the same way that Wellens has been able to show if he's on the level yet since his crash at RVV Eater, he wrote Slovenia, but was kind of invisible there. In Polonia, I haven't overly seen him yet in the last few days. So I reckon the injuries are part of the reason that those two riders are not included in this in this team. But I would say as a Belgian, I am heavily invested in how solid the team is that we are sending. And I think this is probably one of the best teams that could have been selected for this race. Yeah, and there's also politics involved. So like, yeah, I mean, Van Hooydonk and Benoit, probably they earn it on merit, I would say, given their yeah. results in Kerner, Brussel, Kerner, and Van Aert has to go. But then like, Remco needs a quick stepper. So yeah. they have to take a quick stepper. Is Yves Lampard better than Arno Delis? No. Uh, but but he'll domestique hundred percent as a domestique as a role as a quick step teammate to you know because you've got all these the factions he's got to go uh, Alex I would have maybe liked to see Alex Segart doing this race because I think Segart's really really good <laughs> he was his second at Belgian national champs yes he's focusing uh, he's trying to win the U twenty three ITT championships and he's a favorite for it okay so... fair enough he probably will win that but yeah oh I thought he said he was skipping it because it was unfair. On the other guys. Possibly. I don't remember. Anyway, Campanats is one, Benji. It's no. like, he, um... I don't think he said that, by the way. I think that was someone else. <laughs> oh, okay, someone else. Uh, Campanats, what's his role? Is he just going to ride the front? Is he going to be an attacker? Is he going to join groups? What's his role here? I think if you look at this team, you've got an entire team with different situations ahead of you. Like, if we, for, to look at what Campanats can do, I feel like we need to look at what the leaders can do as well. And I think Evenepoel is the, the logical early attack option. He's the one that will slip into moves with 60, 50, maybe even earlier than that, kilometers to go. And we'll try and benefit from situations like that and hope he can drop everybody on the punchy circuit that comes afterwards after he's gone with a, with a group of people. Meanwhile, I think Vanad and Philipson, logically you would think, oh, Philipson is there for a bunch sprint while Vanad is an attacker that is more in a defensive role than Evenepoel, but is still an attacking option to go into groups that maybe try and follow the, the Evenepoel move. He tries to counter an attack by a Vanderpool, for example, that kind of stuff. But I also personally think that the circuit is too hard to be a bunch sprint to the point that I wouldn't leave Philipson just waiting in the peloton for a bunch sprint. I would have him do the same role as Fanad. Counter moves of favorites. If Evenepoel is up the road or he's already been caught, regardless of that, he needs to be kind of doing what Vanard is doing. Otherwise, he will most likely not end up in a position where he's competitive to win the race in the first place. Because 
I think the race will be won ahead of the peloton and not in the peloton. And that's one thing. And then if we take a look at the domestiques, I'll throw it back to you in a second. Eh? Campenarts, for example, I think that's just in, in function of the other riders. So Campenarts could slip in a move with Evenepoel, be a domestique in that group for a bit, or he can slip in a move with Van Aert a bit later, something like that. I think it's more that way that I think these riders will work. Yeah, I think so. And I definitely don't think in a sprint they're going to go for Van Aert. Like, so it's clear that he has to be an attacker. Now, what phase of the race can he do that? He, yeah, so Philipson, if it did come down to a group of 10, Philipson, Philipson was there. He'd have to be their man, in my opinion. But to be honest, like you look at Van Hooydonk and Benoit, mm -hmm. they can also get into groups and cause a lot yeah. of problems. Like, look at Kerner, look at Omloop um, at Like, it's, but... I think they should really be using the Yumbo strategy with, mm -hmm. with Campenarts, Evenepoel, Van Aert, Van Hooydonk, Benoit, and yeah, Philipson, maybe a little bit more defensive early. I agree with your take on Van Hooydonk and Benoit, but I also feel like if Benoit is in a group with 10 other riders, I have zero confidence he can beat those 10 other riders if he's alone in that group. So Oh yeah, you, I mean, you are overload like the Yumbo strategy yeah. of overloading numbers. I think so as well. Now, question for you. There's a group of 10, 15 going to the line. Van Aert and Philipsen are both in the group. Will Van Aert control and lead out Philipsen in a group of 15 to the line? Mm, I don't know, actually. I mean, if, he, if he's not going to do it, then he should at least attack to put Philipsen in a seat. So that's, if you want to have your cake and eat it too, the worst thing to do is just to sit there and someone attacks like a Vanderpool. Yeah. And that's the thing I'm thinking, who's, who's the big competitor to Belgium here as well? Who have you got to react to? And that's Vanderpool. It's Van Aert's Vanderpool is the big Peterson? contender. He's not on, he, on this circuit. This is, I know Vanderpool, he looked like shit in the tour. Let's be honest. He was coughing. <laughs> he did, he did. He didn't look yeah. good. I mean, apart from some of the second week mountainous stages, but in the stages where I thought he'd be good, he was bad. Um, and he looked sick. He, so I don't know what his prep like is like, but to me, he's the big, the big danger for them because this guy, Alaphilippe, has not been on the level of 21 Leuven where he, he on a, a little yeah. bump, stepped off everybody. Vanderpool's <laughs> that guy where he could get to this last lap, see a 400-meter, 5% climb, and just nuke you. And if you're tired, it, it, you see you later. Like It doesn't matter yeah. if you've got two guys. It's too late. He can solo to the finish. I think Belgium have to avoid that, and that's the big danger, and you have to, um, yeah, that's why you have to use numbers on him early. Would you argue the, the way to counter the Netherlands is also the way that Van Baal has won in the past? For example, Van Baal is going to be the silent, silent assassin that tries to slip in groups, but Evenepoel will do the same. So if you've got Evenepoel and Van Baal in a group, are you not comfortable with that? As Belgium, knowing that his sprint of Evenepoel has increased so significantly over the last two years to the point that I now believe he can beat Van Bala, which I wouldn't have had in my mind two years ago in a sprint because Van Bala has that sneaky wild pool sprint, you know? Um, I think both would be happy with it, actually, because Netherlands okay. would be guaranteed a decent result um, and maybe Van der Poel's isolate would be isolated otherwise. So I think, you know, I think both would be happy with it. If, now that we're mentioning their team, the Netherlands, we may as well run through it. Van der Poel... Yeah. Dan Huller is a domestique with Jan Maas. Riesebeck is probably that middle phase with Van Dyke. Uh, although Luke said they should ride for Dan Huller. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Van Baaler, who won Omlo Pitno Splat anticipating, and Paris Bay in the same fashion. And 
Didn't he come? Where'd he come in Leuven? Third, second. Fourth? He came second, second. in Leuven. This, yeah. guy, this guy is serious on these sort of parkour and long races. Encorn's yeah. been very, very good. Um, and Olav Koy is their Philipsen role to me. It's actually a very similarly constructed team to Belgium. You yeah. have Van der Poel as Van Aert, who can win a sprint of six, who can attack. You have Van Bala as Avonapol. I know he's not Avonapol, but you know, in that role as an anticipator. And you yeah. have Koy, who if you watch that, the Dutch National Championships was fucking good. You have Koy, yeah, as, as the as the sprinter behind. So it's a really good team. I, I Vanderpool, as I said, you know, question marks over his shape, but um, I think Van Bala, they have to let him have his freedom, Benji, to do his thing. Otherwise, they'll just get exposed by Belgium anticipating. I think so as well. The thing with Van Bala is, what were the odds that were given to him by the bookmakers? Ian, I think he's once again being underrated for these World Championships because. To me, he's like odd 15 or something, something like that. Because I generally believe that if a group is ahead with Evenepoel and Van Bala, those are the two likely candidates to win from that group. And I agree that this is a very similarly constructed team in the same way that, for example, Don Holo could be doing the work that Accompanards is doing and so forth. And we got, we got Rizabek as the teammate for Van der Poel in this team as well. So you've got that similar vibes across those two teams. And... How can you get ahead of, I don't know, if, you, if you're Netherlands, you're kind of hoping that you get the scenario that you mentioned earlier, eh? that Van der Poel comes to the last, uh, last lap and has that punch right away on a 400 meter, uh, 200 meter, whatever, the 5% segment, just snipe it, 30 seconds, full power, same thing he did on the uh, steep section at the end of Strade in 2020? 21. Fuck. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, probably was 21. But... That, that punch was so significant that almost nobody can follow that. And definitely at the end of a 270-kilometer race. So that's the, the spot you want to go for if you're that team as well. But we've spoken about Belgium and Netherlands now. I feel like there's a team that is stacked but underrated. And that's Denmark for me. Because like if you take a look at Denmark, you've got the Osgrens of the world. Which Osgrens seems to me like the candidate that they would put in groups like with Van Balen in Evenepoel, but also a certain Kra Andersen can do that role. And Mes Pedersen is a candidate to win this race, especially if it rains. Yeah. So write him down in your little black book. Well, but remember Yorkshire. He's probably already in there. He already won yeah. in the UK in wet conditions. And you know, as Luke pointed out before the show, who, bought, who was looking good and then collapsed, Van der Poel in the wet. Because he, I mean, I think he overextended, but like we know that Pedersen in these conditions is yeah. good. But... My question is the following. If Evenepoel and Van Bala go in a group ahead and I was getting the response to it, I am 100% certain that Lefebvre will have made sure that I was getting rides for Remco. No way. He does it all the fucking time. Schmidt last year was riding for Remco. Seneschal has ridden for Remco in, in World Championships. Yeah, but Seneschal is it's not as <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Sometimes it's underrated how much team managers are trying him. to influence. You won't chase him. That's true, but I don't know. Yeah, but in a group of three, he will not, with Van Bala for sure, Asgren will not just lead out Remco. That would be insane. They would look so stupid if they just lost the sprint of Van Bala. Wait, did, did we not see a scenario like that in the European Championships that yeah, Viviani with, with Viviani with and Lampard? Lampard? He just towed him, yeah. <laughs> That's different, though. That was a two up, right? I don't remember. 
Maybe Ackerman was there. I can't remember. But Ackerman was um, there. Anyway, you're right. Like these sort of things do make a difference. But yeah, that's a strong team. Schelmer's Asger and Kranderson all in good shape. Caught in mesh shape. Honore, I feel like I haven't seen that guy for a long time. Björg is the engine. Merck is a domestique early on. Uh, and yeah, Pedersen's the figurehead. Uh, I'll go to the France team now before I sort of say my my overall piece. But yeah, Alaphilippe. You know, two years ago, he'd be my favorite for this, even though two years ago I would have underrated him because I was a hater, mm -hmm. um, but he should have been the favorite for this. But he, he hasn't looked like that guy. Cavagna in the wet on a technical course will struggle. Coca, Kosnifra, I don't know, you know, draw a, who knows, lucky guess what shape Kosnifra is in. Could be great. Uh, Laporte, Legac, Madouaz, Seneschal. I think Laporte in, this, in his Tour de France condition is clearly their leader. Yeah. The, the odds reflect that. Madouaz won French NCs on a hard attritional course. Uh, I don't know what Gregoire has to do to get picked, the poor bastard. But um, yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess Legac yeah. is. Anyway, I mean, how many FTJs are in here? Madouaz is in here. One, two, two, two. Madouaz and Legac. Legac is he still? Yeah, he's on yeah, FTJ. He's still. Yeah, they right. took him instead of Demar. <laughs> You're right. Gregoire would be sick on this course. But, yeah, um, he would be. Especially as an attacking option with Laporte behind, because Benoit you cannot trust. Uh, but yeah, it's. I don't see them, Benji, making the race like they used to on, in Imola and in, in, in Leuven. I think so as well. I, I don't see that either. Then again, I do see like a Maduels getting in a group ahead and so forth and Laporte playing that Vanard role for this team. And I do see that being a possibility to... Uh, to a close place. I think Laporte can podium this race. Like, he, I, I, yeah, I believe he, he straight up can. And if it comes down to a sprint with Van Aert and so forth in a group of 10 without the likes of Phillips, and then he could even fight for the victory because he can beat Van Aert in a one-up sprint. Beat him in the World Champs last year. 40% of the time? 65 to 70% after this 270... <laughs> after 270Ks. Okay. <laughs> I like the take, but Belgium will be at your doorstep tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, Laporte... He's just a. He, I'm not knocking Van Aert. Van Aert's yeah. better than Laporte in many, many ways. But I'm saying Laporte's sprint after fatigue is really good. Yeah. Um, so maybe not 70%, 50-50. But you know, I think <laughs> I think could, you're right. It could go either way. But he's clearly like, you know, even if Philipson is fucked and he gives him a whole lead out the whole time, Laporte can come out of his wheel theoretically. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I hope Alaphilippe shows something. I worry. I worry they will repeat the mistakes of yesteryear, which was, uh, for the record, they got Sivakov in a group with Remco and maybe Kosnifra. Was Kosnifra in that group? They had maybe two riders in a group with Remco. We're represented. We're happy. Group goes around for a lap. Remco says, see you later. Yeah. And so, uh, listen, you... you I think they, yeah, they can't risk. Like if they get Madawas in a group with Remco, I mean, maybe they don't have any other options, but that's the problem. <laughs> I think if teams think, oh, we have theoretical representation, then you just get torched again. But yeah, Britain, I think, is another team that uh, could be a candidate for that, where they have some very strong riders who are all quite similar, actually. Fred Wright, Ben Swift, Ben Turner, Samuel Watson, Connor Swift, Luke Rowe, Jake Stewart, Owen Duell. Quite similar. There's no clear sprinter. There's no clear anticipated the best classics rider here is is clearly fred wright um based on on yeah. tour of flanders uh 
but there's another team who I'll be like, oh, they they could for sure get two guys in a group a- ahead of of twenty with or fifteen with uh, an hour and a half left. Yeah. But then are they good enough to respond when Van der Poel and, and Evenepoel and Van Baal go? I'm not so sure. Probably not. And then and... to win the sprint behind is also a problem because they're not as fast as Laporte, Phillips, and Van Aert. All these guys. I think so as well. Now. Onto a, onto a country that has just confirmed their leader just a few minutes ago. We've got Slovenia at the start line. And yesterday I looked at their, their list and I was like, who is here? Like, Mohoric is not here. Roglic is not here. Pogacar was not confirmed yet. He is now confirmed as the leader of Slovenia for the World Championships. Well, Next time we have got... the leader. There's Jakob Primozic there. <laughs> okay. Okay, boy. Okay. <laughs> now, next to Pogacar, we've got Skok, Fingst. Koren, Primozic, Nova, Govakar, and Mezgets. The majority of these riders are not known names within the household of cycling, I think. I think Koren... See, he got popped. Yeah, I think he's got a doping record, if I recall correctly. Fair enough. 36 <laughs> years old. Um, and, um, yeah. yeah, Govakar is pretty good. What is Mezgets his team, is... man? Pogacar's leader, let's be honest. <laughs> no, I know, of course, I'm, I'm joking, but yeah. But, like, they're missing three of their best riders. Yeah, Moric should have been here. Roglic and Moric. Moric won San Remo. He's good in long attritional races. He's good in the rain. He's smart. He gets into groups. He anticipates. That's what he you just... need. How the fuck is he not in this race? Can't believe it. Is it politics? I don't know. We know there's I... political tr- troubles with the manager and so forth, and some leaders of the Slovenian rider, the top riders, don't necessarily agree with who's leader and so forth, and but. This is a mess of a team, but then again, if you're a Pogacar, do you need a, a massive team behind you? No, I think you the need main Moritz. problem is, It makes a big difference. I agree, because you don't have that rider to send into groups ahead. Like, Trotnik's not here either. Yeah, but I get that. Him and, him and Roglic are on the Vuelta. Yeah. Of course, they're not going to do it. But Moric just won Tour of Poland stage uphill yesterday against climbers. Yeah. I don't understand. Exactly, and he, he, he won a, a pretty classics-like... To the front stage as well. So he should have been in this race, in my opinion. And next to Slovenia, lots of other teams with like riders that could compete and are outsiders. Or are we missing a heavy favorite somewhere if we take well, a look but just around. on the point of Pog, like what, what do you think yeah. about him deciding to do it last minute? I mean, Mezgets, I don't want to knock him too much. Mezgets was good in the tour and Govacar's a nice rider, but like. You know, Skok, Finks, Koran, Primozic, they're not world tour riders. Uh, but what do you think Pogacar's chances are? Obviously, if it rains, it helps him. Um, but I think if the climbs were double the length, I'd like it for him. But it is, it is still a classics parkour. I think so as well. I think it's a classics parkour, but I still believe Pogacar is competitive on that classics parkour. Yeah, yeah. And my thing with Pogacar is, I think if he waits and is that, an odd roll for a team of Slovenia, then they will lose. If he goes early and he slips into groups like with Van Bale and Evenepoel, and then, then those countries have to decide whether they want to ride with Pogacar and a group and so forth. They'll ride with him, for sure. I think so. So I think like that is the scenario you're looking for. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, you're right. Like People will ride with him. They will, because... You know, he, he's, he's not Van der Poel or Van Aert or Philipson. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of the main, uh, the main teams or the bigger teams with more numbers, let's say. We'll try and speed run through 
some of the other uh, Garcia Cortina and Las oh, uh, Aaron Baru Lascano ah. is Lascano is Spain's best chance. Frankly, that guy's a beast. Oh. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Lascano looks really good. How he didn't go on Movistar's Tour de France team is a mystery to to everybody outside of uh, Pamplona. Um, I, but I'm really keen to see how he goes or Izaguirre if it's raining. Yeah, I mean, it, I'd like to see Adria do well, but I don't think he will. Switzerland has a lot of question marks uh, with he or she looking in okay shape at San Sebastian, but the shorter climbs, I think, are better for him. Schmidt, I feel like I haven't seen for a long time. Bissiger won't, it's not good for him. And and Kung, he'll need it to rain and he'll need to... Kung's, yeah, he just will lose a sprint and I don't yeah. see him going solo, so it's tough. Um, he, uh... Yeah. Wasn't he in the group with Pedersen won Pedersen yeah. won the world championship? So he can he can definitely be competitive by anticipating and be in there and maybe fight for a podium and so forth, but it's gonna be hard for him to win. The thing is also if you've got a group of ten ahead, you are king in that group. You've got lots of solo riders in the group, no domestiques anymore. And if you do get away, because there's so many corners that every attack you do, you'll be out of sight quickly. Can that benefit a rider like Kung to the point that Vanderpool Van Aard and and Peterson will be looking at each other again and nobody else will want to ride with them and then Akun can ride off into the sunset? Realistically, I think there'll be other teams with multiple riders who will send yeah. their rider to chase him and attack yeah. with him. So it would have to be a race where everyone's isolated and I don't see that as possible and Kung still being there. So yeah. it'll be difficult for him. United States send Craddock, who's in fantastic shape at the Tour, Jorgensen as well, Paulus. Queen, uh, Sean Quinn, that is, and then Quinn Simmons and Sheffield. Sheffield, you know, he, I think, posted a couple of weeks ago after his Tour de Suisse crash, he was back on the bike on the trainer, so his shape's a question mark. Like, if Sheffield was coming in in, in really good shape, he'd actually be my dark horse, uh, yeah. along with Kwiatkowski, because I, I have a soft spot for the Ineos riders, but <laughs> but I don't know about his form, but Sheffield, he won, obviously, Brabantse Pale, He's he's a really good anticipator, huge engine, and you know, but yeah, that, that they got no sprinter, so this team will try to get into groups. Paulus Jorgensen, both top ten Flanders, they can do two hundred and seventy k's. That's not a question. Yeah. Um, but it's the sprint that's really the problem, and it's the, it's the Kung issue as well. So I'm hoping for a good result for them, but top five is probably what I'm seeing at best. Ben Healy, Derek G, those are riders that will try and get in early groups. Yeah. I think and try and benefit in that way. Germany's quite a, what can I say, interesting squad. As in, Denz was great at the Giro. Boyd was great at the Tour de France. Denz was great on this parkour in 2018 when he was in that decisive group. So those are riders that can get ahead and be in that group, but can they win from that scenario? Not in my head. So top 10 is the mag this, this team can get as well in my head. Yeah, I know Zimmerman. I put out, I asked German cycling the Radsport bubble um, what's up with Zimmerman not being there? Because the guy was six in the GC group on Col de la Lowe's and he just won a Dauphiné stage and he came yeah. top 10 in Eschborn Frankfurt. Uh, but apparently it was his decision, uh, some article was linked, not to do the race. Now, often, like, yes, that can sometimes be true and I'm not saying it's necessarily the case in this case, but sometimes a national federation can say to a rider, uh, hey, would you like to go to world championships? Your role will be X. Yeah. And the rider's like, actually, I'd rather go on holiday than, um, <laughs> than the mistake for a random than rider. X. For Max Schachtman. So <laughs> I'm not saying that happened here, but yeah, Ruch Hessman, he's a nice young rider, Hessman, but Degen yeah. Cobb, Dan Schachtman, Pollitt. Pollitt was good, was good in the tour. He was in really good shape, but yeah, they're missing 
Uh, they're just missing something, that German team, I think. Uh, who My else? Dude. Australia. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> uh, Sweeney. Sweeney. Happy to see Sweeney here. Uh, Stannard, Robert Stannard. I mean, he won Tour de Wallonie last year overall, which, you know, is kind of comparable racing. But he's not been, uh, not been that good this year, frankly, um, or stepped up too much. Uh, Simon Clark, fantastic in the Tour. Durbridge, okay. Domestique. Plapp's been... Uh, yeah, Plapp's Absent. been struggling since um, his, he had crashed badly into it a Hungary. Yeah. And that, I think that's kind of been... He's struggled after that, and so he's trying to get his season back on track. I don't know how... I think he'll be focusing on the TT. But yeah, the main leaders are Matthews, Groves, Ewan. Obviously, I see a disaster incoming uh, because who is the leader? Who is the best? Ewan is not. Yeah, obviously not. <laughs> Why is he here in the first place? Contract, try to get a try to get a good deal for next year. I don't see him being competitive at all, and I think he's just filling a spot of someone that can do better at this race. And I think Clark is probably the rider that I expect to have the best result at the end of the day. I think Groves will be good. Okay. Um, because he won Volta Limburg, and as I said before, you know that's that's one of Netherlands' biggest races, and he destroyed Enkhorn and Van Hills there, man. He destroyed the Monahilly course, like. <laughs> It was a real domination. So I yeah. think Groves is actually the best option. The problem is, like, Matthews... Like, what happens in World Championships, right? Yeah. A split happens, because teams are aggressive, Avon Paul anticipates. Matthews doesn't react. He'll look at a teammate and say, you close it. And it's like, you can't do that. And then... Because your teammate won't close Rico Avon Paul. So... I just see, yeah, chemistry problems uh, in the final for this team. Maybe Clark and Sweeney will have to have their work cut out, closing it back. But yeah, I think Groves is a good result. I mean, Matthews as well. Like, but he come last year and he came, he came third last year. He's good in, he is good in these hilly races. But seeing him winning will be difficult. But yeah, Matthews can't be counted out as a good rider on this parkour either. But um, when it comes to yeah. Binyam, that's a difficult one here because he's just it not rains. been on the level at this point. And I don't trust him if it rains either. And when it comes to positioning for being there when he needs to be in slipping in a group, then I'm also kind of like, meh, I don't see it. So if he's there, he needs to anticipate. Otherwise, he's going to get fucked in the race. And we, um, yeah, I I'd prefer to see him at the front of the race, but it's going to be difficult to create that situation. And I think we've said a lot about a lot of countries. Almeida's here two days after Poland. Interesting. Interesting right. thing. Norway's got the likes of Kristoff and so forth, but I think well, the race will be too aggressive for that that scenario, so it's maybe going to be a tiller up in the group for Norway, stuff like that. I'm sad Miguel Angel Lopez is not here despite him being suspended for one day. <laughs> it would have been hilarious. <laughs> Dude. And Matt, he got suspended because he wanted to go and do a flat 270k classics race <laughs> in the rain in Glasgow. Bro, should have stayed at home. <laughs> it's you, it's you, torture you, itself. <laughs> you, you push the button and you got your answer. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'd like to see how Lawrence Pithy goes in the rain. Kiwis yeah. with uh, Corbin Strong, those two with James Oram and Bevan and George Ben. I'd like to see how those two young guys, Strong and Pithy, go. Um, Narvaez actually low-key good on this sort of circuit, but when you're isolated, it's it's really, really tough for yeah. uh, Ecuador. Hungary haven't announced yet. I don't know if Valtas, is he being allowed to do this because he's doing the Vuelta preparation, but you know, Valtas could get a good result. Um, I don't see it. 
Probably not. I think I think it's too difficult to do that as a solo rider as well in yeah. the first place. Matthias Vacek is a name that I'm also intrigued by what he can do here, but I'm also not on the page where he where I believe he can be competitive in a in a full weight either. So Kwiatkowski, for example, I expect to be here. He was good at the tour, but I kind of feel like he might miss the decisive move as well, because once yeah. again, so isolated. And I think we've gone through most of the list here, but we are there are, specific yeah. outsiders that you mentioned or didn't mention that you're like, I expect this rider to fight for a top five and he's not on the top five favorites list, for example. Uh, probably Lascano, I okay. would say, because he's still doing, he's doing really well in races that don't even suit him. Yeah. Like, he came fourth when he crashed in uh, Proeba Villafranca, which is literally a puncher's race. Like, it has a 3k 7% climb, and he's against he, she, Healy, Ayuso. And, like, the guy was came second in Dwar's Duel. So I really think, how long is Dwar's Duel? 180k's. How is that a fucking world tour race? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I think Lascano is, is a really, really big chance for a top result here. And, Spain's he's Spain's best like Garcia Cortina better ride for him if, if the if it comes up I think oh I mean that, that seems okay but yeah I, I like him uh who else do I like Hirschi are you back on the no, train no no only for dot pro races um <laughs> I mentioned somebody else but I've forgotten <laughs> that I liked anyway who's your dark horses mine's Las Cano Yours is Lascano. I actually believe that that's a very uh, a very big name, and I I kind of believe he can do that. But I'm also gonna look at the same race you looked at. You looked at Prieba Villafranca, for example, and I'm I'm believing that Ben Healy could be a good call for this as well. True, because he's also not at the top of the list yet, but he was also really competitive there. Just wasn't good enough to follow Lascano on the last few pieces of hills in that terrain. But I think well, if it rains, it might help him even. And then he, he's good solo as well, which I think will matter because I think the, the scenario in which he can win is solo. So I don't think he, he, can, he will win, but I actually see him being competitive in a top 10 position, being ahead in a group as well, being pushed ahead, thrown ahead and so forth. So I think he's my dark horse for this race. And if, if we would have had the Mauro Schmidt we saw at the end of last year before this race, then I would have said Mauro Schmidt as well, but haven't seen it recently. So I can't tell you. He's like, he top 10 to Alonia, I think, but... That doesn't yeah. shout to me that you're going to top 10 the world championships easily either. Skelmose could be a rider where, despite it not being the most mountainous parkour or the most hilly sprint. parkour, I see him getting a top 10 by being in a group ahead. Yeah, wasn't he in the group with Schmidt last year? I don't know. Yeah, I think he was actually. He was. I'm pretty sure. Um, Italy haven't announced their team, but Trenton will be leading their team, I dare say. I don't know who else will be there. Maybe Baroncini, maybe? Baroncini, Lorenzo Rota. Uh, would be my guesses, but yeah, Trenton will be trying to get a, maybe a top five, top ten result. I, I dare say. I mean, he was like he was pretty good in the tour. Milano, uh, Milano is my other dark horse. I, I really like really? Milano. Yeah, Milano is good. He is okay. very fast, and also, I don't know what his shape is like. I think terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a problem. But uh, <laughs> did he have a? He got hit by a car, right? I don't fucking know, man. I think he got hit by a car. He's been injured so many times, I feel like. Nah, that was, uh, you're conflating it with Hodge. Maybe. No, probably. He won Grand Prix de Denain. He came seventh in Bredena Coxeter Classic and ninth in Brugge de Pana. And then he got, he had a major problem after that. So he would have been, yeah, it's a shame. But um, I think Milano typically would have been very, very good on this course, actually. Uh, or Koi. Koi also, I think, is quite fast and good in a nutritional race. But yeah, how do you, 
How do you see it playing out, Benji? Because I've said all this, but I have a very clear idea of how this race is going to play out. Very clear. Ooh, I think there's many scenarios that can happen, but I believe, like, there's going to be initial breakaway. Nothing dangerous in that. There's going to be people trying to bridge towards that breakaway in the first few laps that we actually enter into Glasgow. And I think then at a certain point, the group will create with the likes of an Avenipool, with the likes of a, a Von Bala, with those type of riders. And that group, whether that makes it or not, I think it's, I think if a group goes with 50 kilometers to go and it's got 10 riders with the majority of the big countries, I think it takes a victory. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be similar to last year. As you said, break, break brought back, or break is basically caught by some early anticipation moves. Split goes, Denmark, France, Britain, they say Netherlands were represented. Uh, and then Remco is probably in there with numbers. Yeah. Belgium start playing playing numbers, and then Remco and goes in one of the corners, after one of the corners, attacks, and um, that's it. And I think Remco wins by over a minute again, actually. Okay. I really think, like... That's the problem for Philipson because he's such a danger. It creates a situation where if groups get ahead that don't have him in or Van Aert in it and there's only Remco in there, France or Britain will be like, oh, well, you know, at least Jasper Philipson's not here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Remco just next lap hits you with an attack and he's so aero on the flat. Like, you, once he has a gap, you can't bring it back unless you kill your own race. So... You, so you have there, Fred Wright looks at Benoit Cosnefroy, looks at Schelmoser, looks at Garcia Cortina, looks at uh, Enkhorn or Riesebeek. Yeah. And they're like, well, if I and, chase him right now, my race is over. And next to that, you also got to add into that, for example, the reason that Belgium can still get away with that is because Evenepoel isn't seen as that guy like Fanard with a major sprint yet. Despite him having a decent sprint now, that can probably be half the group that he's in well people don't see him that way yet it's like from Bala, people still will ride with him which is kind of shocking with me would you say if you're a different team and you see a group with with even pull up the road and you've got you've got a rider in it netherlands with from Bala is probably going to be happy with that but any other team that is in that group will will they be happy with riding with them and like if you're oh, if it has to be someone group, like asgrown it has to be someone on asgrown level yeah, because otherwise, otherwise you're riding or someone Patterson. else to the World Championships victory, like last year, for example, where what France were doing there, batshit crazy in that group. Like, stuff like that, that should not be happening. Just because you got your, your guy in that group doesn't mean you shouldn't ignore that Evenepoel is in there as well. <laughs> yeah, but say, okay, but say Paulus is with Van Bala and Remco. Or yeah. Jorgens, Jorgensen is with, Paul, is with Remco America's or Van America's going to be happy with that. Po podium at World Champs, man. You can yep. lock it up. The alternative, is, is, a the good alternative is getting smoked in the sprint behind. Yeah, Paulus is a good dark horse. Remember in Leuven? He was fucking strong in Leuven. Okay, he yeah. maybe raced too aggressively, but he was unbelievably strong in Leuven. Fourth and Sebastian as well. Yeah. Like, and, and San Sebastian, like, to me, Paulus is a classics rider. Yeah. I know that he's a classic. He is best at classics because in the tour, everyone's like, He's in the break now. We're in the yeah. we're in the Alps. We're in his terrain. I was like, no, no, no. His terrain was stage nineteen. That's where I think Paulus is best. And you know, I he's think he's like from Barla. Yeah, and he just he's a guy that to your point, Healy, 
Ireland, they'll take a podium. America will take a podium. And because yeah. you're making that your worst case. So you now have a lot of strong riders who will but work. If you are Wout van Aard, and you know that that is likely the case, I would consider ignoring team orders and doing an Evenepoel move myself. I mean, why wouldn't team orders be for him to do that himself? I think, I think Evenepoel is the first man to make that move, and then Wout van Aert is a later phase man to make moves like that. Van Aert should be, van Aert should be going 1-2 with Evenepoel, and Ben yeah, Hoydonk. I think they might not ride with Van Aert as much as they would do with Remco Evenepoel. Probably not, and that's because, like, okay, Evenepoel's sprint is improved, but realistically, he's not as good as Van Aert's sprint. Because, <laughs> like, Trentin, right? Trentin can be, and would be, would beat Evenepoel in a sprint. And so, you know, him or Asgrun or, or those guys, even Schelmos, they can beat Remco in a sprint. When they look at Van Aert, they're like, oh, no, I don't think I can. So... But still, maybe they would still work with him or Lazcano, you know, Belbao, look at how he worked with Remco and they had a three minute or a minute gap on, on uh, Vlasov behind. So yeah, I think, but I think that's how it plays out. But yeah, Van Aert, I think he has to anticipate, he has to anticipate the anticipation of Remco because the race <laughs> could be over and yeah. then he, he can't chase him behind. So yeah. I agree. What if Remco goes with Trent in? Yeah. He's in a group with Trentin, Laporte, and Van Baal. Remco shouldn't ride, man. I think he'll drop Trentin. I think it's Laporte and Evenepoel then. And Van, and Van, Van Baal he can beat. He shouldn't ride in that group. That would be insane. That would be... If he's then in he, a group... He has and later phase, and Van Aert yeah. behind. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there's a disaster class. I'd love to see it. Do you reckon, <laughs> what, what do you reckon the chances there's, because like Belgium are the heavy favourites. They have the yeah. best bunch sprinter in the world and classic sprinter in Jasper Philipson. They have arguably the best all-round rider, well, Van Aert in the world. Ah, it's Pogaccia, but you know, they have Van Aert, who's a unique rider. Mm -hmm. And they have the best long-range attacker in the world, Remco Evenepoel. Anything, they have to win. They have to win. Yeah. They, 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 they they can't lose as in like they had two guys race, race to lose Benoit and Van Hoydonk made a mockery of Kerner themselves <laughs> this year against other classics riders and they're the yeah. domestiques yeah they have to win so if they don't I can't I also, wait <laughs> I'm also like Peterson we saw anticipate early in races this year in the classics I feel like so, 90 case what if he responds to Remco and is also in that group? Well, Remco then you've can't got work. A, Remco can't work with, with Mess Pedersen and that neutralizes the entire move. So Remco would have to try again or Van Aert would have to try afterwards. And that's the interesting part because like, I feel like a lot of other teams will respond to Remco with one of their secondary outsiders in their team. Like in Ausgame with a certain Kurt Anderson, but the true way to neutralize Remco is to put your leader in there. For sure. I mean, you have to treat him like that. But the problem is then, if, if Van Aert then anticipates, you can't respond to everything. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be an, interesting, an interesting race. Really I think. <laughs> yeah, and um, add Pogaccia to the mix. Remco shouldn't work yep. with Pogaccia in the yep. final. Like, he shouldn't work with him. So, so you say Remco wins, right? But yeah, he wins because Belgium roll attacks and he wins by a minute. Okay. If it's less than a minute, it doesn't count. I actually don't know who's going to win because I feel like Remco is also my, my favorite because he wins in the majority of scenarios I, 
I have in my head with the amount of faith I have in an early group making it to the line and but I don't want to pick the same rider you have so I'm kind of like desperately searching for a vessel to hold on to right now and go Asgren I reckon Asgren's good on it I think Asgren's gonna be nasty on this parkour should I I can change to Asgren if you want fuck it I changed to Mads Pedersen okay yeah Denmark's a Danish leader I think is a good choice they're all flying yeah. um why isn't Jonas Vingegaard here? Cowardly. <laughs> My dude, get out of here. Cowardly, come on. <laughs> He'd go dropped on Crow Road anyway with those <laughs> mini welts he does on climbs. Imagine. He's actually quite good on a technical parkour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we saw another time trial. In the rain, yeah. If he's allowed nah. to do it on the TT bike. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, that's our World Championships Road Race Men's Preview. We'll have the... Uh, Time trial preview later, maybe start of next week or on Saturday, uh, and then the women's preview middle of next week. But yeah, we've got this up nice and early. Hope you enjoyed it and keep you entertained. We will go on holiday now for a few days. Uh, but yeah, hope you enjoy the start of the World Championships in Glasgow uh, and starting in Edinburgh. And uh, we can't wait to watch it on Sunday. But until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 